Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Jody Bailey. And when we're hurting or facing a difficult or frightening challenge, we can feel pretty vulnerable, isolated, and maybe even abandoned. And I don't know about you, but for me, everything feels so much harder when I feel like I'm facing something alone. Or maybe to phrase it a bit differently, my confidence and assurance grows exponentially when I know someone is standing beside me. And the stronger and more reliable, more immovable the person is, the greater my courage and peace. And no one is stronger. No one is more certain more powerful, more present and attentive than God, my Abba Father. Now, I recognize some of you might struggle to relate to God as Father, especially if your earthly dad hasn't been all that kind and loving, but he's everything good that's missing in all those dads that let their kids down, and he's everything good displayed by the most honorable and attentive human fathers. And Jody, I know you have a really special relationship with your dad, so I assume you don't really have much difficulty connecting with God on a parent-child level. I was really blessed, and somebody pointed that out to me once, that my relationship with him probably helped me to see God as father, as Abba, a little better. But, you know, if you've been listening a while, you know that my my mother left when I was a kid. And so I was kind of left with, it was my dad. He raised us. He worked two, sometimes three jobs to take care of us, but he was always there. And as I grew older, I grew closer to my dad and I was that quintessential. I was blessed to be that quintessential daddy's little girl. I could trust him He was just kind of always there. He didn't judge me. He didn't walk away from me. If I needed something, he was there. He was providing for us. And the more I I talk about it and the more I think about it, the more I realize just how that did shape my view of God. And I can remember this one time. I was that kid who had this this fear of of abandonment, of not being loved, of not being enough, of, of, of just not being worthwhile. And so, and it came from a lot of things. And so one night I can remember so clearly I don't remember what happened to precipitate it, but I remember walking through the den, out the front door, and it was probably 1130 at night, into the dark, around the front of our house, and standing on the front porch, just in this sense of just like, I have to get away, I'm I'm in this despair, and my dad coming out and leaning up against the wall beside me and saying, what are we waiting for? And I said, nothing. And he goes, well, we can go inside then because it's here. And so it was just kind of that funny levity that I needed in that moment. But I remember in part of that conversation saying to him, you know, nobody loves me. And him saying, well, I love you. And my my response to him being, well, you know, I want somebody to love me because they want to, not because they have to. So I kind of took for granted the dad that I had and the, and the sacrificial love that as I grew older, I realized that he had for me. Um, but every rough period I went through, he was there in the, through it all. And I realized that the security I found in my dad 
is available through God. Um, we can we can find these insufficient securities in people. We can rely on people, but no matter how good they are and how much they love us, they won't always be there the way God will. In our Yeshua podcast, I talked about moving to Michigan and God kind of pulling me away from my family and, and closer to my husband and closer to, to God himself. And that's when I learned that real true security is found in Abba Father in heaven, who is always there. You know, throughout scripture, God's people knew him as father, but more on a national rather than a personal level, at least in the Old Testament. So they knew him as the father of the Jewish nation, but to view him as their personal dad, that would have seemed much too familiar, too intimate to them. But then Jesus came and he presented a dramatic mind shift through his death and his resurrection. He bridged the gap between us and God, allowing us to approach God the Father with boldness in times of great need. And we see this as he neared his death. We see all those closest to him, they either abandoned him or they betrayed him, but his father remained. And I I love John 16, 23, where he said he was speaking to his disciples, a time is coming. And in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone for my father is with me. And it was to his father that he turned when he was in anguish in the garden of Gethsemane. So this is right before his death. And in Mark 14, he was so overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He fell to the ground and he prayed that the hour speaking of his death might pass from him saying in verse 36, Abba, father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. When everyone else failed him, when when he was completely abandoned, humanly speaking, and was overwhelmed to the point of death, Jesus turned to God, his and our Abba Father. And, you know, it makes me think of a time that, that Jesus crying out to God. And it makes me think of a time when I was, we were really going through something in my family and it just felt like I was getting kicked in the teeth every two seconds. And I cried out to God with this, you know, rescue me, save me, help me. And I wound up finding, stumbling onto Psalm one eight, Psalm 18, sorry. And I call it now, I call it the not my baby Psalm. Cause you know, we get, we defend, if we're a parent, we defend our kids and we say, you know, don't mess with my baby. But it just reminds me of how God is our rescue and our defender and how like a, a, a parent, that protective parent he can be. And, and um, in verse six, it says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And he moves immediately. If you continue reading that Psalm in verse seven, it talks about the earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook and how he parted in verse nine, he parted the heavens and came down. And in verse 16, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy who were for my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. And in verse 19, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And there's so much love and protection in that Psalm of, and this picture to me of, of God just wanting to keep us and hold us and, and guard us, even when things are hard. It doesn't say we don't go through hard things, but that he's there in the middle of them and he's taking care of us. Your Southern accent just added like the mic drop to this. I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> he, <laughs> he parted the heavens and came down. <laughs> and is that not like, I feel like that needs the emphasis, right? And which is what he did through Jesus 
bridging that gap. He did part the heavens and he did come down to be right beside. So like massively big, powerful God, and yet right beside us. And how incredible is that? I mean, you're, when Jesus was speaking to people who throughout the Old Testament up until Jesus showed up, God was was there, but he was kind of apart from them to the point that they would not even say the name Yahweh. And here comes Jesus, and he had to completely shock everyone. Like, we have no frame of reference for this because we've always heard him referred to as Father and Abba, um, if we've been in the Bible at all. Um, but he had to be completely shocking to hear him call God Almighty, whose name is unspeakable, the equivalent of Daddy. So I can't imagine how they must have kind of stepped back and thought, who is this? What is this? And, but by inviting, by using that name, he invited us to say father and daddy and to enter into this deep, intimate relationship with God that he had. Right. And so to kind of unpack that a little, for those of you who haven't heard like a discussion as far as Abba, Abba is a common Arabic term. So it expresses affection, confidence, and trust. So it's, it, 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 it reveals a close relationship between a child and father. And you'll notice in scripture, when Abba is used, it's always connected with father, Abba, Father. And so it's just this idea, it's that intimate connection that we have now available through Jesus Christ. In Romans 8 15, we're told that we are adopted as children of God. We become children of God through faith. And so we're no longer God's enemies. And we now can approach him with the boldness and with the unhindered freedom that you see like a little girl running up to her daddy. And we're co heirs with Christ. I love what Tim Keller says regarding this. He said, quote, unless we are profoundly certain God is our father, we will never be able to say thy will be done. And if we cannot say thy will be done from the bottom of our hearts, we will never know any peace. Because there's this true peace in knowing that we are fully and truly and wholly loved by God, no matter no matter what. And so I, I love that quote. I love that you said that. But I wonder how often we take God's love for granted. Because I think about, you know, I said to my dad, you know, I knew my dad loved me. He loved me unconditionally. He wasn't going anywhere. He was like one of the few people in my life I felt like I could say that about. Um, but I still looked at him and said, yeah, I want somebody to love me because they want to, not because they have to, which was a little bit of an ironic statement for me. But in 2 Corinthians six eighteen, God says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. But how often do we go running, looking for other loves, looking for things that aren't God, searching um, for that acceptance that really and truly only comes from Him. Anything else we place our security in will ultimately let us down. Nothing else has the power to fill that need in our hearts. And that really struck me when I read John 13. So this is right before Jesus washed his disciples' feet, before he shared the Last Supper, before Judas betrayed him, and he knew Judas was going to betray him. And scripture says in John 13, verses one to four, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. Isn't it interesting, you know, you read that and he was just so secure in God's love that he was able to, to finish that mission. He knew what was coming. You read, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane other earlier, when he cried out to God, he knew it was going to be hard, but I love, it struck me as you were reading just now at the end of verse one, he loved them to the end the, this, this incredibly hard end on earth that was eventually going to birth a whole new thing but he had to get to that first end first and despite everything the denial that was coming from peter the the fleet everybody running away and judas betraying him he loved them to the end that's beautiful absolutely and i think when we are secure in our father in not just his love, but just in all that he encompasses, right? His power, his wisdom, his sovereignty, his just, his attentiveness, his faithfulness, his steadfast love. And it's like, we have this, this perfect protector with us at every moment who has already promised us what's ahead, right? And so it, it enables us knowing who we belong to, and knowing the character of the one we belong to, it does enable us to enter those hard places because we know no matter what happens that he will, just like he promises in scripture, he will turn all things to good. And eventually, and when that passage ultimately is talking about our good as far as growing us to be more like Christ, but we also know there's going to come a day when sorrow and pain will end for good and when we will will reign with Christ when we will be completely victorious and so that's where Jesus's eye was when he was in the garden of gethsemane he trusted that what was ahead was going to be good and i think that's where our eyes need to be as well on all those promises that god gives us trusting that he is our faithful protector and provider. Let me close us with prayer. Again, praying this name for God. And as we do, we're really reflecting on God's character as Abba, our Father. Abba God, Father God, thank you that you love us so deeply. You are a provider, our protector. You are our attentive and faithful parent who is always with us. And when things come against us, you rise up in our defense. You hold us close. And we know that your plans for us are so, so good because they come out of your good and loving heart. We praise you for that. Lord, remove our fears, remove our false security so that we can plant our feet firmly in you, our immovable rock, our defender, our protector, our Abba Father. In the name of your victorious son, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and really for just walking this journey with us as we explore deeper each of these different characteristics of God, our Father, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Provider, our Healer. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to rate it. That encourages us and it also helps others to find it. Share it with your friends as well that they might be encouraged in their journey. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Thank you.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.